Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 10. This week we're talking about 1976's Carrie. With Joe. Creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie! You eat shit. And Sam. He's a nice boy, Mom. You like him. You really like him, Mama. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Sue Snell to my Carrie White. Sam, I'm going to give you the nice girl. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Usually it's antagonistic, but I can't give you Chris Hargitson. She's too much of a bitch. No, she's way too much of a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, this week, we have a listener request. Uh, Carrie from 1976, a young lady named Nicole Loftus from Florida, who is turning 32 in a few days. Happy birthday, Happy Nicole. Happy birthday, Nicole. Happy birthday. 1976 is Carrie. You gave us a list of movies to do, and I'm sorry, Nicole. I was just not going to do Ever After. Come on, Nicole. Come on, Nicole. Come on, Nicole. <laughs> Be better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're better than Gap. But here's your 32nd birthday present. Okay. Carrie from 1976. This is going. Now, this is for the horror film pantheon because it is known as a horror film. Yes. In our Pantheon, it is a pretty beautiful list. It's a pretty, pretty beautiful list. It really is. Yeah. Number one, Jaws, which is our oldest movie in there. 19, well, no, it's not our oldest. 1975. Number two is The Exorcist at 1973. The Exorcist is in number one? You know, we do this every single time we do a horror movie. <laughs> we talk about that. <laughs> why do I forget this? Uh, why is Jaws number one? <laughs> Who did Jaws? It was us? Yeah. Who did The Exorcist? Us. Then why the fuck is it number one? I think the reason we didn't put it number one is because Jaws made the ocean scary and The Exorcist, most of it isn't as last. I, I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to make a reason here. Here's what's going to happen is if we have seven A's in here and we have to kick one of these out, it doesn't mean The Exorcist is leaving. No, no, it's not. Yeah, I was it could like, be I Jaws. I get notion to surf. I don't. Churches creep me out. <laughs> but I think Jaws is as much a horror film as Carrie is. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so number one and number two, number one A and one B, uh, Jaws and The Exorcist. Number three, we got The Thing from nineteen eighty two. Your boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, It Chapter One from two thousand seventeen with a B plus. Number five, oh, The Cabin in the Woods. So beautiful at two thousand twelve with a B plus. Uh, Poltergeist at number six with a 1982 B and Evil Dead from 2013, where the lady licks the blade. A B. (laughs) (laughs) So the higher the grade we give Carrie, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film that's higher can kick it out. So we will discuss it, analyze the grade, and see if it lands amongst the greats. But let's get down to business. This week, 1976's Carrie, a movie made for $1.8 million. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. You could make this movie on a video camera. I thought it was. (laughs) Where and this is $76. Yeah, that's insane. I thought this was going to be like $150,000 back in 76. Uh, nope. Uh, and it made 33.8 in U.S. and Canada. Was not Jesus. released overseas. 
Uh, written by La- them, but damn. I, I know. L- written by Lawrence Cohen, directed by Brian De Palma. Scarface is Brian De Palma. Uh, music by Pino Danaggio. You can blame him I'm for that later. Gonna put that name down. <laughs> Based on as you told me last week, Carrie's Carrie Stephen King's first book. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's probably the Stephen King book that I've read the most. I, I am a, I am ashamed to say I'm a super fan. Of Stephen King, and I have not read Carrie. Yeah, I read it the most only because every, it feels like every six or seven years, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start reading all the Stephen King books, and I'm going to start at the very beginning. So I go, I'm going to start with Carrie. Yeah, good luck. Then you go to Salem's <laughs> Lot, and you go, okay, now I'm tired. Oh, I love Salem's <laughs> Lot. Uh, this movie is starring uh, Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, who, by the way, was born in 1949. She is still kicking. And wow. as I, I showed Caitlin a picture last night, she goes, oh my gosh, she's beautiful now, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Piper Laurie as Mama White, Margaret White. Mama White. Uh, Amy Irving as Sue Snell, William Cat. Believe it or not, I'm Tommy Ross. <laughs> Nancy Allen as Chris Harkinson. PJ Souls from Halloween as Norma Watson. Betty Buckley as Miss Collins. Edie McClurg as Helen. Shocker. I know. You may know her from being the secretary in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And now she's playing a high schooler. Look how it's flown. Ten years earlier. And John Travolta. Yeah. Billy Nolan. Yeah. (laughs) Were you seriously surprised when you saw Travolta in this? I could not. I think it's kind (laughs) of like when you didn't know Johnny Depp was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? <laughs> when I saw Edie McClurg, hey. I did the same thing. I noticed her in the ch- in the scene when they all have detention outside and they're doing their warm-ups. That's, that's when I, as soon as I saw her with the glasses, like, <laughs> hold on. Is that? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I know the answer, but Sam, do you remember seeing this for the first time? Uh, you know... I did no, I didn't. I, I I I've never seen this. I've seen the high school scene. Yeah, and it's another thing I'm ashamed of as a super fan. I've never seen the first book and never really seen the first movie. But honestly, I, I mean, saw the high school scene on YouTube and I was like, cool. That's, that's what all you needed. I needed. And and and, us, and and that's like a from that point on, it's like a half hour. Yeah, but you could cut it down to 15 minutes if we just speed the film back up. Yeah. this movie flies by the way it's an hour and 38 minutes it's short but it goes i have a different take on that okay yeah uh i remember stephen king being a big deal back when i was in high school i mean everybody had the books they were walking around with them misery was coming out at the time in the movies and all that stuff so there was this renaissance of stephen king uh and uh i remember seeing this movie in a classroom my guess it was an edited version but I remember seeing this in a classroom. I mean, it was probably one of those anti-bullying Just days. Cut out the first scene completely. <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, they kind of have to. Jesus. There's there. It's just full frontal full, with Nancy Allen. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm looking at naked high schoolers. Yeah, and then you get. Well, we'll get into that. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll get into that like we did the Basic Instinct. Okay. <laughs> but now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business with our segment Inception of Perception, where I dig shallowly into the internet to find out how this movie came to be. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. 
All right. Carrie was the first Stephen King novel to be published and the first to be adapted into a feature film. During an interview in 2010, King said he was 26 years old at the time and was paid just $2,500 for the film rights, but added, quote, I was fortunate to have that happen to my first book, end quote. De Palma, Brian De Palma, told Cinefantastique magazine in an interview in 1977, quote, I read the book. It was suggested to me by a writer friend of mine, a writer friend of his, Stephen King, had written it. I guess this was almost two years ago, circa 1975. I liked it a lot and proceeded to call my agent to find out who owned it. I found out that nobody had bought it yet. A lot of studios were considering it, so I called around to some, some of the people I knew and said it was a terrific book and I'm very interested in doing it. Then nothing happened for, I guess, six months. So this thing, what this was a hit right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I mean, if it's if it's anything like the movie, I'm sure it's great. I think even we'll go into it, but there's a lot of elements that are very interesting to play around with, and I don't think a whole lot of writers were doing back then. No, no, they weren't. The, and the, it's very interesting when you watch this because you can tell it was directed by a guy, written by a guy. Oh, one hundred percent. Well, if you've you've read the book, uh huh, is it does it does it seem like it was written by a guy? I never got that. Um, I, I never got that feeling when I was reading it. Okay, I felt like I was reading a a book about a teenage girl who was dealing with something she'd never dealt with before, and everything is enhanced in the book. Yeah, of course, just like it is in the movie. Uh. But I never got the feeling that it was like, oh, this is just how guys think about what girls do. Okay. Um, Lawrence D. Cohen was hired as the screenwriter and produced the first draft, which had closely followed the novel's intentions. United Artists accepted the second draft, but only allocated Brian De Palma a budget of $1.6 million, a small amount considering the popularity of horror films at the time. Four years earlier, three years earlier, was The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just a couple years later from this is going to be Halloween. Yeah. What a time for horror. The 70s was the uh, foundation of modern horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, The budget eventually rose to $1.8 million. Certain scripted scenes were omitted from the final version, mainly due to financial limitations. I don't know what they are. I I don't know where that $1.8 million even went. Maybe the decorations in the gymnasium. (laughs) They hired the band. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's 25 bucks right there. Now, casting-wise, many young actresses auditioned for the lead role, including Melanie Griffith. Uh, Sissy Spacek was persuaded by husband Jack Fisk to audition for the title role. Fisk then convinced De Palma to let her audition, and she read for all the parts. De Palma's first choice for the role of Carrie was Betsy Slade, I don't know who that is, who received good notices for her film in the for her role in the film Our Time. Determined to land the leading role, SpaceX backed out of a television commercial she was scheduled to film, rubbed Vaseline into her hair, left her face unwashed, and arrived for her screen test clad in a sailor dress which her mother had made her in the seventh grade with the hem cut off and was given the part. (laughs) Bravo. I love hearing how these people get these parts. It's like, wasn't Sean Young, uh, didn't she audition for Catwoman? Uh, by just going straight to the people's, uh, she, she went straight to Warner Brothers, dressed up as Catwoman, and acted in part, busted into their meeting, and just acted like Catwoman in the meeting. And they were like, yeah, you're not going to be Catwoman. Oh, my gosh. They gave it to Michelle Pfeiffer. I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was something, it was, one of the, it was oh something like gosh. that, yeah. 
Nancy. Yeah. Oh, it's so humiliating. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh you. Gosh. That's like going all in. And yeah, all you have like, is a two and a three look, in your I, hand. I appreciate it, but holy crap. Control yourself. Nancy Allen was the last to audition. And her audition came just as she was on the verge of leaving Hollywood. And then later on, she and Brian De Palma married. Ah, there you are. <laughs> uh, which, this is the second Nancy Allen movie we've done. The first one was RoboCop. Uh, where she plays RoboCop's partner. Yeah, I love that movie so much that every time I've yeah, watched yeah. it. What's your favorite part, Sam? The part where he becomes the robot. The the bro the robot. The, yeah. <laughs> now that's a movie. That's a good one. Brobot. <laughs> Is she like his love interest? I mean, they're yeah. just part. No, they're just partners. Yeah, the partners. Yeah, they're partners. Yeah, she's so good as his partner. His partner. Yeah. Crime. Look her up and see see what she looks like in RoboCop. Let's see this. Uh. Filming-wise, De Palma began with the director of photography, Isidore Mankowski, who was eventually replaced by Mario Tosi after conflict between Mankowski and De Palma ensued. Gregory, <laughs> right. It doesn't look anything like her, does it? Yep. <laughs> and she's fully clothed the whole time. That's surprising given... This is all I knew of Nancy Allen until I saw Carrie. When I saw Carrie, I was like, oh my gosh, why are you hiding that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bring that kitty out to play. Okay. Gregory Auer, assisted by Ken Pepiat, served as the special effects supervisor for Carrie, with Jack Fisk, SpaceX husband, as the art director. The White, the Carrie White House was filmed in Santa Paula, California. Uh, to give the house a gothic theme, the director and producers visited religious souvenir shops to find artifacts that would creep the shit out of you. I still don't. Where the fuck did they get that Jesus? <laughs> That's the eyes glowing. The eyes. It, it that's out of a that's and the hobbit feet it just is so wrong yeah it's got a perm the, the arrows sticking like, where, the the, where the fuck did the arrows come from well that caitlin goes is she using it as a voodoo doll a wraparound segment at the beginning and end of the film was scripted and filmed which featured the white's home being pummeled by stones that hailed from the sky the opening scene was filmed as planned, though on celluloid, the tiny pebbles looked like rainwater. A mechanical malfunction botched filming the night with, when the model of the White's home was set to be destroyed by stones, so the filmmakers burned it down instead and deleted the scenes with the stones altogether. The original opening scene was presumed lost. Okay, because I was wondering in her dream why there's just rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. All right, that makes sense. Uh, the final scene in which, this is awesome. The final scene in which Sue reaches toward Carrie's grave was shot backwards to give it a dreamlike quality. The scene was inspired by the final scene in Deliverance. Rather than let a stunt double perform the scene underground, Spacek insisted on using her own hand in the scene, so she was positioned under the rocks and gravel. De Palma explains that crew members, quote, had to bury her, bury her. We had to put her in a box and stick her underneath the ground. Well, I had her husband Fisk bury her because I certainly didn't want to bury her. <laughs> so she went down there and she was the hand. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, but that is the making of this beautiful little movie about a girl covered in blood. Now it's time to get into the nitty gritty. Here we go. Carrie? Carrie. Hey, Carrie, what's the matter? What happened? Was it one of the girls? Look, did one of the girls do something to you? No. Well, what is it then? You can trust me, you know that? Did you tell me? I got invited to the prom. 
That's great. That's fantastic. So what are you down here moping around for? Tommy Ross asked me. That's even better. He's really cute, huh? I know who he goes around with. He's trying to trick me again. Maybe not. I mean, maybe you really meant it. Hey, Carrie, let's think about this now. I mean, it might be terrific. You might have a really good time. Carrie? Hey, Carrie, I want to talk to you. It's about this attitude you have about yourself. I mean, you're always walking around, you know, with your hair down, all moping around. Carrie? Come here, you big silly. I want you to look at yourself. Would you look at that? Come on. Now, that's a pretty girl. Look at her eyes. A little mascara to bring it out. No. Your lips. Try some lipstick. You have nice, pretty lips and your cheekbones. Look at your hair. It's beautiful hair. You could just put it up a little, maybe add a little curl. What do you think? Yeah. All right. The film begins in a locker room full of teenage girls, including Carrie White. Emphasis on high school yes. teenage uh-huh. girls. It's 76, everybody. There's a little bit looser morals here. Uh, Carrie gets her first period and after becoming distressed, cries out for help. Instead of helping, the other girls ridicule and harass her, throwing out tampons, sanitary towels, and toilet paper to her. Teacher Miss Collins rushes in to stop the commotion. Carrie White, who appears to be bottling extreme rage, snaps a light bulb. Um... <laughs> I appreciate how quickly it moves into this. It does. That's nice. Um, you know, I, as as a as a male, uh-huh. I you know don't know anything about the blooming of femalehood. I don't and becoming either. a woman. I I couldn't imagine. But I can't imagine the best scenario to handle that is to run at a bunch of clothed girls with blood all your hands and. Uh, <laughs> just start grabbing people. I don't think that's the way to go about handling it, but I don't know if I just start bleeding out of just myself. Yeah. I would freak out, but I wouldn't go <laughs> like a fucking cave woman. It was. Oh, okay. I'd be pissed too. If she got period blood all over me, that's what Caitlin said. She goes, that's period blood. I go, it's blood. It's period blood. <laughs> and then I'm thinking of Superman when he's got the jeans on and he's got the period blood on his pants. Um, yeah, but no, this is like, and, I, and when she said, she goes, why is she acting this way? I go, you haven't met her mother yet. Yeah. I go, you're seeing someone react to something that they've never seen before, they've never heard of before because this woman is so sheltered. Just wait till you see. If I you still think a rational, see, that's think think about a rational person. I don't know if Carrie is a rational person. It's not just because she's not rational. It's because her her bringing up makes her not rational. Because she has a. What if you had never had an erection until you were sixteen, and you're in the shower, and yeah, all I of a sudden. All the girls, <laughs> Well, you wouldn't be in the touch girls' it. locker room, Sam. Will you touch it? <laughs> Franken <and> beans. 
<laughs> well, okay. So the film starts actually outside of the volleyball game. Okay. And yeah. every girl, and I mean every girl in this scene has something negative to say about Carrie White. If you look oh, at the yeah. close captioning, it is nothing but throw it to Carrie. She sucks. We hate her. Fucking bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to little bitch. Hi. Uh, Chris Harkinson walks by her and just looks at her and goes, you eat shit. <laughs> just, just brutal. That's brutal. Carrie has not done anything rude or crude to anybody. No. Nope. Um, and look, it's very interesting a way to portray a women's locker room. It's one way, I guess. I don't know if that's what a girl's locker room looks like, but maybe I know a, maybe that- Maybe an adult locker room. I'm not sure about the high school. I know that when men fantasize about locker rooms, they think it looks like, like this. Like that. Yeah, just like when lot girls of, have sleepovers, you know, lot it's of, a big pillow fight. Yeah, a lot of steam from the showers. and <laughs> Walking around in the birthday suit. Uh-huh. Here's Nancy Allen's uh, boobs and kitty cat, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, this is the- se- Okay, <laughs> but this is the second movie that is starting off with some very, really good, too. I just knew it. Then they do Carrie White showering, and this is sexualized too. No, one hundred percent. Like she's, I. uh, This is like I'm so uncomfortable in the first bits because she's like, obviously she's grabbing the soap, but it's the. This is one of the biggest problems I have with this movie: the music, because nothing fits, nothing's (laughs) appropriate. I don't think there's a single scene except for the when they rip off. Alfred Hitchcock psycho. Yes. Because it's literally re, 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 mm-hmm. re. Like, how unoriginal can you be? I know how unoriginal you could be. You could go see Morbius and hear the Batman <laughs> begin soundtrack in it. Oh, that's <laughs> bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when this whole time when they're in the locker room, it's like soft synth, like magical romantic and carrie's like grabbing the soap and rubbing her body she's caressing herself that's where i got like excuse me caitlin said she was giving herself a uh, breast exam (laughs) no that's fair (laughs) yeah um i shouldn't you no 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 No, it's just wrong and then these girls you know she makes the cardinal air it drops the fucking soap oh drops it there's some blood also yeah uh and then these girls, who all had to go through this at one point, start throwing tampons at her, yelling, plug it up. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Bitches. Am I right? It, damn right. And the teacher comes in, shakes Carrie, and then slaps her. You know, she needed a slap to get back to normal. It's 1976. Hashtag slap shot. Don't worry. I see a lot of myself in this teacher. <laughs> do you really? When I was a teacher, yeah. Uh, <laughs> things that you wanted to do? Things I did, but also things I <laughs> could not do and I wanted to do. Yes. And we get Carrie's first use of her gifts. Yes. Uh, and this is, <laughs> I remember, again, I'll keep mentioning this. Caitlin's sitting there watching the first. She goes, wait a second. Does she have powers? Oh, that's cool. She had no idea. No clue. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, she's got a little something going on. Something. Yeah. The devil. But I, I should have said she has telekinesis because then she kept saying, you know, so is she a superhero? What, what, what is this? Is this a comic book movie? No. 
Oh, not. Is, this the, is this the original Brightburn? Brightburn, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, after questioning Carrie, Miss Collins realizes that Carrie is unaware of the concept of menstruation. Because of this, Miss Collins asks the school principal to excuse Carrie from gym class for a week because of the trauma. A couple of things to point out in this. Uh, there's an ashtray. They're all smoking in the principal's office. That's yeah, the 70s. 70s, who the fuck cares? <laughs> uh, there is a really cool shot in this where you see the principal looking at Miss Collins and it does a waist shot of her and he looks directly at the blood on her waist and then quickly adverts his gaze. Just like, I'm a guy, I don't deal with this. One yeah. of those things. It's little things like that that forgive some of the things that I hate about this movie. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a good amount of it. De Palma does a lot of good things in this. Uh, and I love the fact that the principal keeps calling her Cassie, right? Yeah. Cassie, Katie. <laughs> it's Con- Carrie. Connie. And this is the first little bit of like, you know, this is the second bit of her powers you see, but, uh, they're just unfazed by the, uh, ashtray just getting. Exactly. There's nothing, there's nothing every, wrong. There's nothing afoot from this thing no. in a radius and it just flips off into the ground. But I love the fact that even the principal doesn't know who the hell she is. <laughs> no. Yeah. She is completely invisible. Which make, is weird because if she's this insignificant, why does everybody have a problem with her? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, I, that right there is something that I don't think they ever explain in this movie. True. But as someone who dealt with this kind of shit, yeah. it happens. Okay. It happens. Yeah. Like I believe you, it. you fly under the radar, but you're, you got a target on your back. Gotcha. You're an easy target. I was. Yeah. Cause you won't do anything. Yeah. No. Until you do something. Yeah. And then it's even worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They tell you stand up for yourself and then you do. And you realize, no, I just opened a can of worms. Oh yeah. Uh, and look, I can, I suppose you can make the argument that this movie is done very well from the perspective of a high school girl who is experiencing this for the first time. Anyone in high school feels like everything is the end of the world. Perhaps it's not actually as bad as Carrie perceives it, but De Palma does a great job of showing us her perspective as extreme as it is. This is something that I argue about throughout this is that it is very extreme. Everything looks very extreme. Even the mom's anger is extreme at times, but that's how Carrie would perceive it under all that duress. Yeah. Was that on purpose? I don't know. I, that's the thing is I feel like just give give us some, give us a scene that doesn't, well, we have a couple of scenes without Carrie in it. And the the only people that are really acting extreme are the teenagers that go kill the pigs. Yeah. But otherwise everybody else is kind of talking normal until Carrie enters and it's like, okay, now it's all heightened. So maybe it is. Upon her way home, Carrie uses her recently discovered telekinesis to stop a boy from teasing her. Creepy Fuck Carrie, creepy Carrie. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Yeah. <laughs> and they speed it up into the <laughs> What a little dick. Oh yeah, 100% deserved it. Fuck him. Though as he's weaving in and out of the trees, <laughs> Caitlin goes, I'm getting sick watching him weave. Dude, the dance scene. The dance scene was the other part. Oh my God, just spinning and spinning and spinning. <laughs> Felt like that Will Ferrell skit on SNL where he starts spinning and... <laughs> Near the end, everything lasts a little too long. Yes. We'll, we'll get to some of those. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, while at home, Carrie is tormented by her delusional mother who locks Carrie in a closet and forces her to pray. She believes that Carrie received her period due to sinning. 15 minutes in, I want to beat this 
fucking mom to death. Well, the first time we see the mom is when she goes to the Snell's house to go sell something. I don't know what it is. Just guilt trip people into doing money for the church or some bullshit. Yeah, but I love that the mom picks up a phone in the background and Maggie Margaret White is sitting there and she's like, yeah, she's here. I'll get, I'll get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just no one likes here, this here's family. Five, ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> Please get get out. Get out. <laughs> uh, yeah, the mom is like she was definitely getting banged by both of her fathers. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, the 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 there's so much history with the mother that I feel is not explained. Well, because by the time you're at the end, you're just wanting things to speed up. And she does her little soliloquy about what happened to her to create Carrie. And you're like, I don't give a shit. Just end the movie. Yeah. Yeah. This just she's just evil for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm sure knowing Stephen King, he went into it more into detail. Oh, he does. Yes. So, yeah. Gosh, you're an upbeat lady. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Collins, still livid about the incident, berates the other girls and forces them through a detention, deliberately physically exhausting them. Ugh, those see, are the days. I see a lot of myself in this P teacher. Okay, yeah, that's how I'm not detention taking any be. fucking shit from these little shit bags. Give me a fat beat to beat my bosses. <laughs> This is how detention should be. It should be something where you don't want to go. Yeah. Um, how detention was for me. A long time and ago. Saturday school and yeah. in school suspension. Now they don't do detention. What? No, it's in school suspension. And you're basically just there. You're there just doing work with a bunch of your friends uh, in, in a room. And. Uh, but you can't talk to each other. It doesn't matter. God, this is why. Kick the fucking music on. <laughs> this is why you're weak, the next generation. This is why I can't rely on you for anything, including going to a fucking Shake Shack and not even getting my order right, or the decency to unlock your fucking doors. <laughs> you have no punishment. You have no discipline. You're weak. That was glorious. <laughs> oh, my God, that bothers me so much. What an ugly thing to say. The leader of the clique, Chris Harginson, refuses to participate, and as punishment is banned from the upcoming prom. Furious, she blames Carrie for her misfortune. Of course she does. Carrie didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, but I feel I feel like it's such a fair uh, excuse to hate somebody because you blame everybody but yourself, and you pick on the person you hate the most. Yes, yeah. And it's not like Chris Harkinson is anything to howl about. We're going to see her perform later, which is funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Edie. That, that is. I couldn't believe it. The secretary from Ferris I like, Bueller. I was like, oh, what, is it, what is her name? Because I, I just screamed it in my head. The secretary's name? Yes. Uh, let me look it up right Jeannie? here. Jeannie? Uh, no, Jeannie was the sister. Oh, man. What was it? Uh, Ferris... <laughs> It's just when the principal's like, Rooney! <laughs> uh, Ferris Bueller's day off, it was Grace. Grace. Grace! <laughs> Grace! <laughs> Grace! <laughs> if her name was Helen, that'd have been perfect. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's all I could hear is like just the principal screaming her name. Like, That's Edie. That's her. Yes. And when she talks, she sounds just like her oh, still. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Uh, what do you think of detention? Um, First of all, I'm just, we need uniforms lot of, again. We need the gym uniforms. A um, lot of leg shots mm-hmm. of high schoolers. You know, mm. hey, PE teacher looking fine. But um, this is a very sexualized detention scene. To be honest, the PE teacher doesn't look any more than a couple years older than the girls anyway. No, they really, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't know. The, the scariest thing about this movie so far is the music. Yes. Nothing works, nothing fits, and I'm like, what the, <laughs> this is wrong. Yeah, I don't remember what the music was for this. It's like, was it really? It's sexual. It was, wasn't it? They've sexualized the high schoolers twice now. Yeah, that's that's not good. No. Scoop those back up. Yep. Meanwhile, another one of the girls, Sue Snell, feels guilty about her part in teasing Carrie, so she asks her boyfriend, Tommy Ross, to take Carrie to the prom. Hey, Tommy, Tommy begrudgingly agrees. Now, Tommy Ross is famous for this movie and for being the greatest American hero. Did you ever Is watch he, that TV show? No, I thought he was going to be a, he looks like a freaking American gladiator. So like, he was in a TV show called The Greatest up. American Hero. And its theme song was, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. And he was the main guy in it. No shit. Who, did he not play Tommy either? What? The pinball wizard? No, that, no. Tommy was played by the lead singer of The Who. Oh shit, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Eh, eh. They have the same haircut. Yeah. They both, he gets out of the car at one point with sunglasses on, and I'm, I'm thinking, here I go again. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the first time John Travolta is introduced as well. Yes. We get a clip of uh, <sighs> just pouring beer on himself. Chris and Billy Nolan drive cruising the town. Of course, she's such a hoe. She's bang. He's banging a fucking high schooler. And She's banging somebody probably 10 years her age up. <laughs> well, is Billy Nolan a student at the school? No. Because he at one point the teacher says, who are you going to prom with? And she goes, Billy Nolan. Who? Billy Nolan. And I'm like, does she not know? He's not in high school. Okay. No, he's far older. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking beers in front of cops and the cops not doing shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then on the drive. She is... By far the worst human being. She's like, <laughs> what a hoe. <laughs> oh, what a fucking hoe. And she's such a tease and just like so manipulative. She's just the worst person ever. So and much a tease that her blow job. Uh, no, there, there's no teasing about it. It's just the worst blow job I've ever seen. <laughs> Clearly understanding every syllable she says. Like, it, Caitlin goes, a virgin directed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, is she actually just blowing? <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, Billy. 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 <laughs> I hate Carrie. <laughs> yeah, tell me your drama now, honey. <laughs> but yeah, she's hey, turn s- that to sucking dick on the way through the parking lot. <laughs> hey, hey, you, get back here. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy, what a catch. It's like slapped her around three times now. Yes. And she loves it. Yeah. She, she's been slapped once by the teacher. Let's see. It was slapped once from the, the coach, Miss Collins slapped her, yep. and then twice from John Travolta. Yep. Look, the way she talks, she's that fucking mouth, very slappable. She, you know what? I got to give Caitlin credit for this one because she was like, yeah, we got to do a count on this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after Tommy asked her to prom, Carrie refuses, thinking that yet another trick is being played on her. And I would too. 100%. She's a high school pinata. Yep. 
After a comforting pep talk with Miss Collins and after Tommy's further insistence, Carrie finally agrees to go to the prom with Tommy. Uh, this coach is really hands-on with the teenage drama. I get that. I'm like, what are you orchestrating here? Well, I think it's, I think it's a smart move and I think it's valid because I think if you see the kind of punishment go into a certain kid and then you see that, you're like, oh, hell no. You're not going to fucking just destroy this girl. I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. So I'm, I appreciate, especially unfortunately come to the end. I appreciate that a teacher steps in. Okay. All right. Well, I can buy that when there's a line crossed. Yeah. For me, like I've gotten to a point at my job where drama stops at my door. I'm done dealing with it. Mm. Like I just, you know what, whatever you want to do at home, you do at home. I I just want to teach you two plus two is four. Yeah. Um, it's hard enough as is. Yeah. Now, Tommy has the, the gumption. This guy's got some brass wants to just walk on up to the Carrie White House, hoping yeah. mom doesn't answer that. If mom answered that door. Oh, yeah. Ooh, there'd be an exorcism right there on the porch. Jesus. Um, and that thinly veiled misogyny is just <laughs> enough. Tommy goes, it's okay. Girls change their, their minds mind. all the time. It's <laughs> rolling with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, but guess what, ladies? How many how many of you have tried to fix a man? Yeah, exactly. It's not just the one way. Okay. Uh, while everyone else is getting ready for the prom, Chris schemes with her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, and best friend, Norma. You might know her. She wears a red cap everywhere <laughs> to get revenge on Carrie. They go to a farm and slaughter some pigs, drain their blood into a bucket, and place a bucket on one of the rafters in the school gym. That escalated. This, <laughs> I felt more from this scene than probably the entire movie thus far. Yeah. I hate this scene. The, the, the big scene? Yeah. I know they didn't kill it, but I still feel so bad. They don't even show it. No, they just. <laughs> he lifts up the sledgehammer and it cuts to Chris. He lifts it up again. It cuts to Chris. They lift it up again. It cuts to Chris. And now we're in a new scene. Yeah. <laughs> Who edited this movie? Um, I mean. They definitely, I guess, didn't want to push any buttons with the uh, animal rights people. I was gonna, well, I know they, they showed some pussy earlier. What? Uh, <laughs> underage. <laughs> Billy has clearly done this before. He looks like an old pro doing this. Where's this set? They all have country accents. Is this Virginia? I have no idea. Okay. I th- Middle America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because the boy's acting like, okay, yeah, you definitely. Well, everyone's got a country accent. Pig. Everyone's got a country accent except for Tommy or Billy. Billy's got the New York accent. No, he has a country. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially in this scene that comes out. Okay. As soon as uh, his buddy chickens out, he's like, "I knew you were sh- just a chicken shit." Oh, like, just okay. Goes full country. Gotcha. Maybe it's, maybe it's just his accent kind of changes. Kind of like Wanda's goes from Russian I mean, he to can barely He can barely put a beer in his mouth. So That's very true. This dude slobbers a PBR awfully. Yeah. Uh, Carrie asks her mother's permission to go to the prom. We know how that's going to go. Her mother becomes unhinged at the suggestion, commenting that if Tommy is only after her for sex 
and that this will lead her down a road of perpetual sin. The boy's coming around for the smell. <laughs> the smell comes from the smell. <laughs> this woman is batshit crazy. Oh it's amazing that Carrie is as normal as she is. Yes, oh my God. Uh, this leads to a violent argument between Carrie and her mother who uses her telekinesis to slam windows and doors in her home. This Pray is, the devil away. This is also when we get the tuxedo scene where the guys are trying on tuxedos. Oh, yeah. Did it speed up for two lines in yours also? Yes. What the fuck was that? Got to make the <laughs> hour and a half marker. <laughs> I was like, because I went, did that, was that on accident? And I rewind. I was like, no, they, why? It's just two lines. All right. Here we go. What'd you write about the lightning bolt? I didn't, I missed the lightning bolt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the perfectly timed. Um, it's when they're at the dinner table, and yeah. this is where Carrie first asks to go to prom, and as soon as she says prom, <laughs> lightning bolt. <laughs> it's almost like Herr, Herr Bruher from Frank, Young Frankenstein. Just as yes. soon as prom is uttered, just... <laughs> That's great. Prom? That is so low budget. <laughs> I just, I laughed so hard because I was like, you tried to make that serious. After another fight between Carrie and her mother the night of the prom, Carrie uses her powers to push her mother into a bed and tells her that she must stop worrying. I No, I'm now more worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I love seeing the oppressor being submitted. Oh, it's yeah. It's amazing. This and is she, such a, she just, wham! Yeah, she is stiff as a board on that bed. Multiple times, just mm-hmm. held down. Uh Tommy rolls up, blue suit and a blue car. That's forward thinking right there. Uh, and honestly, this is where I, I, I start to think to myself, watching Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie on the screen together, I could just watch them the whole movie. That are great. They're fantastic together. And I can totally understand now why they were both nominated for Academy Awards this year. Oh. They both were. She, Sissy for um, Best Actress and Piper Laurie for Best Supporting Actress. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. I know. It makes me wonder what Piper Laurie also did that I've seen because she must have really done something completely different than what she's ever done. Yeah. Carrie and Tommy arrive at the prom and Carrie begins to feel accepted by Tommy's peers. Miss Collins relates to Carrie the story of her own prom, telling her she shouldn't, she should cherish the memory forever. Carrie and Tommy dance together. Tommy has since fallen for Carrie and kisses her. I don't buy this for a second. Well, this is where, and I, I kind of had to lean over because I love, I'll get to what you put on there because it leads into what I was to say, but I do like how nice Tommy is. Yes, Tommy is a good dude. And he's also the only peer we have seen in this movie that has been nice to her face. Yes. No other girl, Sue Snell's been nice, but to be behind the scenes, never to carry. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that. I like the fact that he treats her as a human being. Yeah, and that you can like, you might not know her and you're like begrudgingly like, you know, they get a problem. And then you're like, Oh, she's actually a nice girl. Mm-hmm. I she took the looks time beautiful. To, she does. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. The only context I had of Carrie ever was just the blood scene where she looks horrified. Horrifying. <laughs> I was like, she cleans up. She cleans she's up. So pretty. And the more her personality comes out, the more you're like, God, I might date her. Yeah. It's like her, <laughs> you notice her eyes. She's yes. like beautiful eyes. It's like, where did this come from? Right. I'm like, this is why she was nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else there. Oh, but did- yeah, pretty, pretty quick to, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> cheat on his girlfriend. There was that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's being a good, he's being a good dude. Yeah. Not 
such a great boyfriend at this moment. Which is funny because I believe when Stephen King wrote this, he was trying to write a horror version of Cinderella. Ah. And when you think of it that way, you go, this is the moment everything has gone perfect for her finally. Yes. Yeah. She has a, uh, a teacher, a female adult who is much different than her mother that she looks up to. Uh -huh. She has a peer at that school who treats her with respect. He likes her. Mm -hmm. He doesn't appear to have any poor intentions. Yep. The, everything's wonderful right now. Yep. Now it's midnight. Pumpkin time. <laughs> I do love the fact that the coach said she was dating a guy who was six foot seven in his high school days. <laughs> She's like, I was dating this guy. He was six, seven. I was like, you were all about that long dick. That's all that was. <laughs> he was a best player too, wasn't he? Yeah. His name was Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> Had a baby leg for a wiener. <laughs> yeah, um, hold on. I can stand it up straight. And yeah, kickstand, no hands. <laughs> and then there's Norma. Norma <clears throat> is dressed to the nines, but she's got that red fucking ball cap on in case you were like, where did oh, she, go? she go? <laughs> yeah. That had to be on purpose. You're like, we have to know where this bitch is. Yes. Uh, do you like the band? Band's good. Band's Do you know good? what band that was? No. I don't either. I, I was like, O-R? I don't know any bands that started with an O and an R back then. No. Also, wow, this was the weirdest part. <laughs> like, and the it, dancing was so bad, I thought it was sped up. It had no flavor. <laughs> and, and then, it was so, here's the thing. Now this you said, this you scene saw, is you, so white did that you see I a, thought. Did you see a black guy? Has there been a, yeah. There was? <laughs> There's two. There, two? Oh, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't see any. Yeah, there. Well, so this this prom was so white that I had the thought: Has there been a single black dude in this film yet, <laughs> or black mm -hmm. person at all? And I go, definitely not. And then I look in the crowd. I'm like, no, 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 no. And then there's one. Sh there's two shots. One is where the dude is standing in front of the stage, but he's in the farthest right corner as possible. <laughs> he's way off the camera lens. Yeah. And okay. then the second time is when I think they're going up to be prom king and queen. Uh, I it might be the same guy, but he's like off to the right behind some people. Okay. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> he's a band member. <laughs> <laughs> no, the band's all white too. <laughs> I'm looking up right here and the prom band it's not a real band. No, no, no. It wouldn't be a real band. They have all the members listed, but I don't recognize any of these names. No, nah, they... And they're all uncredited. Not for $1.8 million. But they're all uncredited also. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, if it was a real band, they'd been credited. Oh, 100%. Um, <clears throat> as per Chris's instructions, Norma and some of Billy's friends fix the ballots so that Carrie and Tommy are elected prom king and queen. They make their way to the stage, and Carrie finally feels what it's like to be accepted. Okay, so I'm watching this last night with Caitlin, and she's just loving this moment. because. But she's also like worried because the only thing she knows about this movie is the bloody look from the pictures. So she's sitting oh, there. She doesn't even know what happens. She's sitting there mixing in all these aws with, I can't look, I can't look, I can't look. Aw, I can't look. No, this is, I will say this is the one thing that this movie does so well is you really care for Carrie. Yes. You want to take her under your wing. You want to protect her. She's such a sweet, innocent girl. Yeah. 
And you just know what's going to happen. And when everybody's applauding her up there, you're like, end the movie here. Please. Just end just it here. Please. Our, our, our beautiful. Everything will be okay. Our caterpillar is a butterfly. Let it fly away. Don't pluck the wings. Yeah, well, that's not Stephen King. Nope. So rip those fuckers right off her back. Here we go. Hail to the king, baby. Meanwhile, Sue sneaks into the prom and sees Chris and Billy under the stage. She realizes their plan. Chris is going to yank a cord and dump the pig's blood all over Carrie as she is declared prom queen. She rushes toward the stage frantically, but is intercepted by Miss Collins, who thinks that Sue is out to make trouble for Carrie after seeing that Carrie and Tommy are together. Miss Collins throws her out of the gym, thinking that she was to spoil Carrie's momentum. At that exact moment, Chris yanks the cord, drenching Carrie in pig's blood. This is the moment when Brian De Palma falls in love with slow-mo filming. <laughs> and it's irritating as hell. As hell. Yep. <laughs> okay, Sam. I will say, for the first little bit, it built a lot of suspense. It did, yeah. I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. Push her out of the way. Please don't, please don't, please don't. Please don't, yeah, yeah. please, somebody kill Chris. Somebody well, kill Chris. It's like, I get Sue Snow's backing away. Okay, she's still backing. Okay, she's still back. Okay, she's still backing away. Okay, she's still backing. It's like, we get it. Move I it. I could have had those two lines at the tuxedo shop instead of this. <laughs> now, sissy SpaceX face is an acting clinic because she can go from pretty to fucking devilish. And I'm seeing Jennifer Carpenter in The Exorcist of Emily Rose. She, uh, when she... Man, when she slicks her hair back and like raises up, has was, her hands out. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is this is Voldemort before Voldemort." Yeah, like she's so skeletal and corpse-like and like a snake. It's just intense, and it makes me wonder if this was the inspiration for Jennifer Carpenter, who who Deb and from Dexter in the Exorcist of Emily Rose. She had a lot of the same affect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's a pretty girl who just, yeah, don't want to mess with that. Nope. Um, the students gasp and look, in, look on in horror. Tommy is furious, but the bucket falls and knocks him unconscious. Okay, I got to stop there. When the steel pail falls on him, I got the indication that he was dead. I thought he died. I did too. That's, that's always been. I believe he does in the book. I believe he does. I, don't quote me on this. Yeah, Anytime I watched it, I always thought he died and that was the last straw. Right. Because I think if that happened and he was there to console her, it might have played out different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I thought that they killed her only ever love interest. Yes. Set her off. There was that. And I think there was a moment in this. And again, I could be wrong. I might just be putting things together myself here. But when she's covered in the blood, she's looking across the crowd. Everybody's quiet. Yes. Then you get the girls in the front, the bullies, they start giggling. It's just the redhead. It's the red hat girl. Yeah. She just starts it. She starts it. And then it turns into everybody. See, this is where I get confused um, because it does the whole kaleidoscope thing and like, they'll all laugh at you. They'll all laugh at you. I was like, okay, this is in her head. Right. And then I don't... I got confused because it was the kaleidoscope and then they switched back to normal and they were all laughing. I was like, the teachers wouldn't be laughing at this. Nobody. I don't think half that gym would be laughing like that. Right. But all she's seeing is red at this point. Yes. But I'm confused as to whether 
that was an editing accident uh-huh. of whether they were actually laughing at her, right? All of them, or it was just a few, and that's what she saw. And going with what you said earlier about how Tommy was the last straw. Yeah. The only other person that showed her any sympathy was the coach, Miss Collins. And I think she she was Ms. laughing, too. Well, I think uh, when when it originally happens, she sees Miss Collins with Sue Snell leaving because she pushes Sue Snell out of the gym when she sees it. Yeah. So she thinks the coach is behind it also. So now she has no allies. Yeah, because I, I and I would understand that point of view. Yeah. Look, by today's standards, it's a t- very tame scene, but this is when Carrie wrecks shop. Extremely. <laughs> she wrecks shop here. Uh, and uh, and that's that's kind of the, th- the interesting thing, and I'm very excited to read the book, Yeah, is that there's a bit of me that says, f*** it. Oh, yeah. F*** them all. Exactly. Lock the doors, let them burn. Let them burn. Who gives a shit? F*** right. them all. I was... Uh, th- in, <laughs> and you what, say- what kind of movie... I don't think any other movie or story has me doing that. I can't think of one where they get locked into a gym and she just fucking burns them all. I think that's why this has lasted so long is because it's the only one where you sit there going, there's a legitimate reason for this. Yeah. And it's like, you see the coach die. Yeah. You're like, Oh, she's killing innocent people. But the coach, yeah, the coach (sighs) gets like just cut in half with that, with that board, which, uh, did you ever see the remake of this with Chloe Grace Moretz? Yeah. It's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Have you? No. I I want to watch it now. I heard it it was so bad. I'm going to now just to see. Yeah. But I heard it was so bad. That's the thing, though, is whenever they make remakes of good classic movies from the 60s and 70s, it's never supposed to be as good. No. And I wonder how much of that is just, it was a remake just for the sake of it being a remake, rather than they tried to add some other details into it that were supposed to be in it. Yeah, and that's where I would wonder, and that's why I'm going to read this first before I watch it, because I think they relied on her powers too much. Even the trailer was like... She was like super telekinesis and like, rah, yeah, and like, yeah, it's not supposed to be like that. I don't think. No, no. Uh, as Carrie walks home, a fire truck is seen passing her. Chris and Billy, who Woo! safely witnessed Carrie cause the death of the entire student body. And Caitlin goes, how the f- did they get away? <laughs> and then they attempt to run Carrie over with Billy's car. But Carrie uses the telekinesis to flip and destroy the car. Oh, I wish this lasted longer. Oh, I wish this lasted long. I wish. Oh, it's a cool scene, but I could have really done without the camera in the glass spinning around. Spinning. Cause I was like, that doesn't look like it's part of the scene. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's just, this is so like, you're right. Is Carrie a villain right now? <laughs> you're rooting for a monster. Exactly. It, and maybe even that's, though maybe because that's the genius of this film is that I can't you're right I can't think of too many a hundred innocent people yeah you're still like fuck them it'd be like rooting on Thanos <laughs> yeah well I I kind of I kind of did I kind of do yeah he was cool <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to think of another character who st- is sympathetic at the beginning. And then begins murdering, and you oh Dexter. Yeah, but that's item. It's not innocent people though. Yeah, and, he, and even then, it's well, the, it's like yeah. one at a time. He's a serial killer. Yeah. You know, this is like this high is school. Everybody. This is everybody. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I'm all, I'm on Team Carrie here, so you, you do you do you girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, when Carrie returns home, she draws a bath. After she cleaned herself, her mother appears and tells her that she was the result of a strange marital rape. Then, conv- then, convinced that her daughter is an evil witch, she takes out a chopping knife and stabs Carrie in the back. Carrie falls down the stairs with Kool-Aid stain on her back and stumbles away from her mother. When her, when her mother corners her in the kitchen, Carrie uses her power to crucify her mother with kitchen knives and tools. After the death, Carrie becomes wrought with guilt and using the lit candles sets her house ablaze. The home eventually collapses and Carrie dies amongst the debris. Uh, when Carrie walks up the stairs to that attic bedroom and you see the ghostly image of her mother behind the door, that is freaking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That is that, that was the, that was a great mood setter. Cause you know, obviously the, the gym scene was you know supposed to be horrific. Right. It was very tame, but very horrific. But they also spend a good amount of time with her in the bath, just uh-huh. washing off. And I'm like, what the f- is mom doing? What's she doing? Because that house is never empty. She's always there. Always. So where is she? And maybe it's because De Palma was like, let's get a little more booby in there. <laughs> Just give me a little more booby before we close this thing up. <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> um, this is uh, when the mom is crucified. Do it. And she's dying. Yep. Number one, she sounds uh, like she's coming. Ah. Uh, and she takes about five. Uh, 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 are you dead yet? Uh, uh, nope, still not dead. I was waiting for a, ooh. <laughs> she took forever to die. Forever. Everything, as soon as this thing hits the slow-mo button, everything takes forever. And, but I, I will say this. I love the fact that she is crucified the same way the little creepy Jesus, Jesus was in the yeah. closet, including her eyes just going down like that. They just look like they're glowing off her body. Yeah. Uh, now, would she be standing when she died? No, but you know, whatever. Right. Uh, Sometime later, Sue, having survived the prom night catastrophe, is suffering from depression over the death of her peers. She experiences a nightmare in which she visits the location of Carrie's house. As she reaches down to put the flowers on the burnt lot, Carrie's blood-stained hand reaches up from the rubble and grabs her. Sue then wakes up screaming in the arms of her mother. This is back when movies used a blurry film lens to denote a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And that jump scare still gets me. It does. Yeah, it's still good. The only thing that I could change in it is that the rock starts moving a little bit ahead of time before her hand pops out. Yeah, it cued it off for me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know something's going to happen. It scared the shit out of Caitlin, though. Oh, that's great. Yeah. She was in there <laughs> going, okay, whatever, flowers. Oh, my oh! God. <laughs> and then she goes, great, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really cool ending to this movie. Yeah, it is. Movie. It is. Uh. Carrie White you know burns gone. in hell. God, like, she can't get a fuck. She can't catch a fucking break. No, no. And uh, it's a shame that they tried to make a sequel of this in the nineties. Uh, the rage Carrie Two, the rage. What? Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. They looked at Carrie Two, the rage. Carrie Two, the, oh, is this like the, an actual continuation? Carrie Tim. The rage. 1999. <laughs> of course this would be yeah and let, let, let's just see here uh, let's go to the wikipedia here see if it actually is a continuation oh okay the okay so rachel's rachel's the main character who has the teleconnect abilities mm-hmm. her father was carrie white's father the one that raped the mom to make carrie 
Oh, so he raped So the, the father is the one that's passing on this thing. Boo. Yeah, this didn't need a sequel. Ooh, hold on. Here we go. Hell hath no fury like a telekinetic teen. No. Welcome to Bates High School. The lesson Bates? for today. <laughs> Stay on Rachel Lang's good side because this outcast teen has a fiery temper that can't be controlled. Joining her in the halls are Jason London from Days and Confused, oh. Dylan Bruno from Saving Private Ryan, Jay Smith Cameron from In and Out. That's not the burger. Not the burger. <laughs> Zachary Ty Bryant from Home Improvement and Amy Irving. Gary. For an explosion of supernatural violence that will keep you on the edge of your seat to the blazing bloody end, Rachel is a high school misfit who gets caught in the middle of a vicious prank. Wait, wait, time out. You said Amy Irving? Yeah. Well, who is she in that? I don't know. Oh, because she's Sue Snell in this. Amy Irving plays Sue Snell. Oh, no shit. So she must make a reappearance. Has to. Yeah. Yeah. Orchestrated by a group of oversexed jocks. <laughs> well, now we're on point. <laughs> it turns deadly. Once the police bring one of the boys in for questioning, his teammates target Rachel for squealing and hatch a devious scheme to publicly humiliate her. But messing with Rachel is the worst than playing with fire. For when her tempers cross, it triggers a powder keg of anger and unleashes special powers that can turn a fun house party into a madhouse inferno. So it must happen during a house party. Let's have a problem. <laughs> Wow. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> Jesus. Let's see. I want to see if she's a teacher in this. Amy Ern. Sue Snell. Oh, she plays. Found anything yet? We ain't found <laughs> shit. Uh, she plays Sue Snell in the second one. Okay, so she is in it. She's staring. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, according to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter rating of 82%. 14 fresh reviews and three rotten. The critics on the average gave this woman 8.1 out of 10. The critics' consensus says Carrie is a horrifying look at supernatural powers, high school cruelty, and teen angst, and it brings us one of the most memorable and disturbing prom scenes in history. But let's take a look and see what those critics said about this one from the rotten side and see if they got a point. Dave Kerr of the Chicago Reader says, quote, this 1976 thriller about a high school outcast who uses her telekinetic powers to massacre the graduating class contains a number of interesting ideas. But as with most of his films, De Palma can't keep track of them. <laughs> I won't argue with that. Nice little backhanded slap. Richard Edder of the New York Times says, quote, it is sometimes funny in a puzzling kind of way. It is generally overwrought in an irritating kind of way. And once in a while is inappropriately touching. <laughs> <laughs> Just like locker rooms. <laughs> and James Berardinelli of Real Film says, quote, there is little suspense or dramatic tension. Everything plays out like bad melodrama or cheap exploitation. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, James. Now, the audience score gave it a 77%, 3.8 out of 5 on average. Uh, movie's over. Were you entertained, Sam? Honestly, I was. I didn't think I'd like this movie. I didn't go. I went into it being like, all right, here, we're going to do Carrie, I guess. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it. I sat through the whole thing. I was engaged. Okay. Yeah. I, so I kind of was surprised I was. It's been a while since I've seen Carrie. Yeah. And uh, I, I was kind of worried because older horror movies tend to move a little bit slower. Uh, but I was like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. I remember the, the main points of this. Yeah. I forgot how long the ending is. Yeah. It's Lord of the Rings long. 
<laughs> not that long. <laughs> but this one did keep me intrigued the entire time. I will yeah, say I it was, did keep me intrigued. I I was not expecting like stay engaged and like I'm rooting for Carrie and like I care about it. I was like, please don't pull the rope. Please don't. She's yeah. Just stop it here. Maybe the rope won't work. Please don't let the rope, please don't rope work. Please get snagged. Uh, but now it's time to the awards. Get it right. The Academy Awards. It was nominated for two. Best Actress. Sissy Spacek was nominated for that, but she lost to Faye Dunaway in Network. One of those big movies that everyone claims to have seen, but no one's actually seen. I never heard of it. Yeah. And uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role went to Beatrice Strait of Network. Uh, Piper Laurie was up for that one for playing Margaret White, and she lost to Beatrice Strait. Yeah. So if you've seen Network, that's the movie that uh, pushed Sissy and Piper away. Great names for two leads. Yeah. Okay, now at the Golden Globes, it was nominated for an award, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. This was Piper Laurie again, and she lost to Catherine Ross for Voyage of the Damned. What a name. It's a great name. Voyage of the Damned. I feel like it has nothing to do with the title, though. <laughs> now the Saturn Awards, Best Horror Film, Carrie is nominated, and it loses to a movie called Burnt Offerings. Now, another it's a barbecue movie. There's another classic horror film in this, The Omen. It hey. lost to Burnt Offerings. What is this Burnt Offerings? I don't know, but I can promise you it's not as good as Carrie or The Omen. Says <laughs> so you, not the Saturn Awards. Well, poo on you. Burnt Offerings in Judaism is the form of sacrifice first described in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, supernatural horror film. I was like, I don't watch it. <laughs> Guess we're doing something this afternoon. <laughs> cool. All right. On to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight and the three things we want to low light. Let's start with the top three. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right. Go for it. All right. This is uh, top three. Uh-huh. Cool. High school girls. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And that's what the Palmer was saying. I was supposed to think of a number three. I didn't. Um, <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works. But it's not good. It's not good. It's I mean, not great for a highlight. No, it's not <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, thank God they're not actually in high school in the movie. Um, number two is I love the classic psycho Christian mom. Yes. Um, she creeps me the f*** out. Mm-hmm. Everything about the house creeps me out. <laughs> um, it's good to have that kind of miasma of creepiness yeah. where it, when it's lacking everywhere else in a horror movie. Um, and then number one, I enjoy that you have a main character who obviously committed a horrible atrocity, but you root for her anyways. Yes. And that's, I love that conflicting, you know, emotional kind of context of I shouldn't be rooting for you, but burn them all. Exactly. Take them all down. Uh, and I don't think many stories do that mm-hmm. or when they try to, it's not well done. Yeah. And it's, it's very much, um, relatable to a lot of people, including myself of being bullied and like, cool. Yeah. I totally vibe with you, Gary. F- them all. <laughs> uh, my number three, and this is going to seem weird, but go with me here. I feel like this movie does a good job of showing that not every high school girl's a 10 like they do today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like in 2022, 2021, 2020, every single girl you see in high school on TV or movie is 23 year olds and fucking hot. Yes. The reality, look, there's a couple of tens, there's a cluster of eights, and there's a boatload of fives. All right. And this movie does that. And I think movies today try to make every character someone pretty in high school. Yeah. And it makes it completely unrealistic. In fact, my mother always says things like, you know, I only watch British shows because that's what real women look like. They don't look like what we have in our shows. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, they're pretty too in Brit in Great Britain too. Don't don't yeah. think for one second that they're no. a bunch of like, you know, hogwash garbage pail kids, okay? No. That was, that was actually funny. That's one of my favorite bits from Bill Burr is when he does Royal Albert Hall. Yes. And he goes, Hey, you know, I got something to say. Um, you guys are pretty fucking fat too. <laughs> That is awesome. <laughs> Just start Just off. Just start off. Like, yeah, you guys are fat pieces of shit too. <laughs> uh, my number two, Sissy SpaceX performance as an evolving character. Uh, she plays Mousy really well. And at the prom, it's awesome to see her confidence grow, but not to a point when you say it's a she's all that moment. Yeah, no, that was an awesome transition yeah and it just happens like that and my number one is just like your number two piper laurie super christian mommy dearest performance holy hell if there's a kid who complains about their parents make them watch this movie <laughs> she, oh my god when she fucking just throws the coffee in her face yes like what the fuck yeah drags her into the closet <laughs> jesus pray it away okay Smell. Time, time for the bottom three, the low lights. Go for it, Sam. All right, my number three is I have a problem that the main villains are not really there yeah. throughout this movie. They're they're there, but they're not really there. <laughs> um, and he's just a drunk idiot and a hoe. <laughs> um, number H two, H O, not H O E. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're PC here. Um. Number two is the opening scene. I was extremely like you could easily cut the most of that out. Yeah. Um, I'm not okay. Like, look, I'm okay with nudity. I'm a guy. Yeah. Boobs are cool. They are. They're super cool. Fantastic. But I don't care for children. Oh, that was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I, even if it's a movie and they are of legal age when this was filmed, I'm uncomfortable looking at children naked and sexualized, especially with sexy music in the background and Carrie caressing herself. I'm, I, I don't think it's necessary and is pretty sleazy. I can't say you're wrong. Um, <laughs> and then my number one, I've said it a million times, the fucking music in this movie ruins it. It okay. ruins moments. It's awful. It makes no sense. Yeah. It doesn't do like I would have been better with silence. <laughs> silence and slow motion. <laughs> yes. God, it sounds like hell. <laughs> it would have been better than boom boom bam ba da ba. Like, oh, she's burning everybody. Here's the Sanford and Son theme. Okay. Uh my number three. I just can't see Helen and not believe she'll be secretary to Ed Rooney and Ferris Bueller's Day Off in just oh, 10 yeah, years. Oh, yeah, just pulls you right out. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see her, I'm like, oh, Grace. Okay, Grace! my number two. <laughs> Grace! <laughs> <laughs> number two, it's hard to believe that these girls would have so much of a problem with such an insignificant girl. 
But that's only because, again, I've never had that perspective to understand it. And my number one opening scene is a little much, okay? Gratuitous nudity, that really doesn't enhance the point of the scene. It romanticizes and sexualizes, but for no other point than titillation. That's about it. Yeah. It serves no purpose. They could be fully clothed in that locker room, and it doesn't change a thing about that scene. No, I think it would be better. It, yes. I don't... This is, this, is one of the, this is one of the few movies where I say... You know, let's put the clothes back on. Right. Let's let's put the clothes back on. Let's yeah. no 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 no. I mean, don't get me wrong. We love ourselves some Sharon Stone, but that that's a that's lot. That's a woman. That's a lot. It's a lot. And she was thirty four. Yeah, she's yeah. a woman. Let's be honest. These high school girls were probably like 22, 23 years old yeah. in real life. Yes. Uh, but still, when you watch the movie in the context, they're going, "They're high schoolers. They're high schoolers." This is wrong. I feel bad. Uh, nope. Please I think don't. I'm gonna go make some coffee during the scene. I just yeah. don't want to be uh, around. Probably this. like three minutes. Okay, cool. I'll come yeah. back. Hallelujah! <laughs> Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, time for the critics rating, okay? The, we use an A to F scale. C is average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. Uh, question is, what do we give 1976's Carrie in the horror movie genre by today's standards? Do you want to go first or second? You know, I will go first because... Okay. Oh, you didn't nominate this, but still. We, I'll we didn't. Neither of us did. Yeah. This, was, this was Nicole Loftus of Florida. Okay. <laughs> I was surprised at how well the story was portrayed in such a short movie. I also appreciate that they were able to take what I would assume is the story from the book and translate it well to film to where I care about Carrie. I want to put, you know, you know, bring her under your wing. I feel compelled to uh, be on this girl's side and like root for her and protect her. And I think that's very well done. Um, and you end up cheering for a tormented and beaten girl that unleashes her powers on innocent people. And by the end, you feel so bad for her. You just want to like, <laughs> you know, hold her tight and be like, everything's going to be okay. Come everything's going to be baby. fine. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> You've been through so much. Um, as far as special effects, I really don't know where this $1.8 million budget came from. There's really none. Um, you know, whenever she uses her telekinetic abilities, just, just a rope slams doors. Uh, you know, the mom just like flails on the bed, gets up, flails on the bed. Um, the music, holy shit. I will not shut up about this. This is the worst music production to any movie I think I've ever seen. It's horrible. Um, half the time, the music is the opposite of what the mood calls for. And there's not, there's not really scary moments for me, at least. Maybe I'm just so jaded yeah. and desensitized. <laughs> um, nothing is scary. Nothing was really scary. Um, I was creeped out in moments, especially in the house with the mom where the mom's, performance was amazing until she, her death scene um you know i think this movie is in today's standards is really an okay movie and i say that with a it's a better than okay but it's not great mm -hmm. um it's much better than i thought it was going to be and i enjoyed it um and i would definitely watch it again 
So this movie is a solid C plus. Okay. That's what I thought you were going to give it. I, I, was, I used to try to figure out what you were going to give it. Solid C plus. All right. So let me put that in there. Okay. Now my turn. <clears throat> okay. So I think we recognize that Carrie is one of those mile marker movies in the cinematic history of horror. Yeah. Yeah. At its time, it was very much tops of the class. The music felt very Carpenter. I got a lot of Carpenter vibes off of this. Oh, I got zero Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> the use of different type of film mediums like Dutch angles, split screens, and slow-mo are all present in this movie in a very experimental way. Even the special effects, which are very low impact, they're shot well. However, I got to agree with you, Sam. By today's standards, this really isn't moving the meter a whole lot. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's talk good. Sissy Spacek is the homeliest star you will ever see on the big screen. And her performance is so good as Carrie White, I'm surprised she didn't Linda Blair herself for later roles. She is perfect. Piper Laurie is her mother. Yes, it feels over the top, but everything is over the top. It's why I'm convinced that the over the toppedness is by design, since it is what Carrie would perceive rather than the reality. When Sissy and Piper are on screen together, it is so uncomfortable. And I think that's a testament to how good they do. She sells the abusive mother so well, we all want to jump through our screens and just help out young Carrie. Then we go to Chris Hargensen and Norma. These two little twats were perfectly cast. Sure, their motivations are thin at best, but if you want the template for Mean Girls in the future movies, look no further than these two cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Story-wise, I think this is one of the best adaptations of a Stephen King novel. It hits all the big points. It's a well-written script when it comes to the storytelling, and it definitely makes more with less. This is an above-average movie and above-average horror film even today. But now for the bad. As much as I appreciate this movie, here are some big dings that may be an issue for you in today's day and age. One, excessive use of slow-mo that lasts not seconds, but minutes at a time. Secondly, it's 1976, and you could definitely get away with a lot more in a school setting. We've also done another 1970s movie lately, Slapshot, where we realized, yeah, not all this could be good today either. <laughs> uh, my number three, the music is a little bit off when it comes to the mood portrayed. You know, just like you said, it's a little bit off. It's a horror scene. You have romantic music. Romantic scene. <laughs> This movie is also an hour and 38 minutes, but I feel like it feels two and a half hours. The final half hour of this movie takes forever. However, when I grade this movie by today's standards, it is hard to get my own biases out of the way. Thankfully, I watched it with Caitlin, who had never seen this before. She was fully engaged through this whole movie. In fact, I've never seen her watch a movie and touch her phone less <laughs> than with this one. And that is saying something. Overall, in the horror genre, I think this is a different type of horror. This is a horror that us guys have a hard time relating to. Social dynamics amongst girls in a territory of the world, I'm glad I don't have to wade through. I'm a middle school teacher, and in 1976, they could leave these problems at school. But today, the bullying doesn't end at school. It is constant through group chats, DMs, anonymous bullying online. It's not eight hours. It's 24 hours a day. It probably feels the same way that this movie feels, makes it feel for Carrie. So recognizing this, I'm going to give this movie a B. I'm dinging it for the pacing, the music, and the fact that the final half hour of this movie is probably only 15 minutes when you speed it back up. Momentum matters in film. If you slow something down once, fine. If you do it five times, it's a gimmick and it makes the scene predictable. So for me, it's a B. So it's a B, you get a C plus. Yep. 
We're at a B minus average right there. So if I throw that in here, it looks as though, oh, it's not making the Pantheon, but it's right there. It's right there. It's, it's right, right there. there. It's tasting it. In fact, it's in the same company. Let me pull up some other ones here. It's in the same company as the exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same, uh, what do you call it? Grade B minus. Oh, right on. Same exact grade. It's, it's in between the fly and evil dead Two. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a very fair place. For I would Carrie. say it's perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, look, nothing against it. it just, it's got nothing against these films. And, no, and one through seven. No, no, no. But hey, let's get our critics' hats off. Do you love this movie? Like this movie? Or none of the above? I, after watching it again, I think I love this movie. I really liked it, and I was going into it like, mm, great, I gotta watch Carrie. <laughs> yeah, you see that old United Artists thing across yeah. the scene. You're like, oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> the union. <laughs> But yeah, so Nicole, thank you for nominating yeah, this. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't think either one of us would have nominated this movie. I wouldn't have. Yeah, but only because we probably would have long forgotten about it. Yeah. But I'm glad we got to revisit it. This was great. So thank you again, Nicole. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And now. That's all we got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show. Oh, boy. We'll be diving into anime for Joe. <laughs> we'll look at Spirited Away from 2001 for the animated movie Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast@gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean, and give us a four or five star review. Why haven't I pre-recorded this whole thing already? Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and movie music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They're included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Sam. Any last words? This goes out to all the mean girls and the bitches. Be nice to people. Be nice. And I will add to that a quote from Roadhouse. Be nice until it is time to not be nice. Thanks for listening. Thanks. And happy movie watching. See ya. have an unhealthy obsession right now uh, because we are recording this 
about a month ahead of time. And I, I can tell everybody here at the, this is no joke. I know a month from now, this is now going to come out in May. I have an unhealthy obsession. I'm still playing that goddamn Lego star Wars game. Oh, well, rightly so. Cause I'm a completionist and there's nine movies. Each movie has five levels. It's 45 levels and over 250 Activities, characters. Puzzles, power bricks. Yep. And I, I just know it's not right. We're recording this April 9th. I know a month from now I will still be playing this. Oh, 100%. And still be raving about it. Yeah. It's one of the best Lego games I've ever played. I go buy it. I, got, now I have, I have, enough, <laughs> I have so many games I need to play it, <laughs> especially that one. I can't even get through horizon Dawn zero right now. You, yeah. You were talking that up at oh one my point. God. This just, it's so much shit to do. Is it more shit to do than Elden Ring? Uh, I, honestly, okay. So here it is. I I think so. Yeah. If somebody would say argue against that, I would say, well, if you get leveled up high enough, you can one shot people. Oh, okay. That's so nice. You can bl- bl- uh, just uh, blaze through it. Whereas Horizon Zero Dawn, they don't really care about that so <laughs> oh my god it's it the, the world is overwhelming in horizon dawn zero yeah overwhelming okay. and by the way one of the most beautiful games ever yeah i think to date is the best looking game possible has to be okay i, I trust you you should look up a clip. It's stupid. Well, I've looked at, I looked up a uh, review of it at one point because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm looking for a new game to play, see what's out there. And they had Xbox and PS5 games. So I was like, okay. So that was one of them on there. I was like, that was really gorgeous. Is it on Xbox? I thought it was it's not on Xbox. Yeah, it was like Gorilla no, no. Sony exclusive. Yeah. Um, the prettiest game I've seen is it's not it's not so much the gameplay, it's the environments. It was I, I sound like such a goober here. It's Endor on Battlefront 2. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, they did the environments great. That's the what game sucks. Yeah, that's what sold me was the environments. Yeah, the game's Hoth looks amazing oh, also. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, in the Lego Star Wars game, the Hoth scenes are great, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, get to drive, ride a tauntaun. Maka, maka, maka. 